the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. We don't need no education. We don't need no control. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I'm your headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you on Saturday evenings here on AM 1280 The Patriot. And of course, I have my wonderful co-host and producer of Education Nation with me tonight, Mark Durkin. Good to see you again, Rebecca. How are you? I am very good. How about yourself? Very good. Enjoying this wonderful summer weather. Yes, I know. It's really nice. Yes, it is. After that long, long winter we had. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, we are very excited that we have a special guest in our studio with us today. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about the session that we just ended, the Minnesota State session or legislative session. And what we know is that in May, the DFL Governor Tim Walls signed the E-12 educational bill. They now refer it to the E-12 instead of K-12 because it now encompasses early childhood yes. as of last year. Important and I, distinction. Yes. Yep. And that got refunded again this year now. So early childhood through 12th grade education bill, which will provide a whopping $1.27 billion increase in funding to the public schools, which is absolutely enormous. Um, you know, it makes me wonder, really, do we really not have enough money going into education? Right. <laughs> um, but this increase includes a 2% bump in the per-pupil formula for each of the next two years. Walls is calling the bill a good compromise with Senate Republicans, quote-unquote. But did this compromise, quote-unquote... <laughs> secure more educational choice for Minnesota families for real. Absolutely. And prior to the signing of the E-12 education bill, Senate Republicans approved an E-12 education budget, if included in the final bill, would have been the largest school spending law in Minnesota history. And that Mm -hmm. is certainly believable when you look at those figures. And Senator Carla Nelson, who also serves as the chair of the Senate E-12 Education Finance Committee, said the Senate's bill focused on students by adding $93 million to the per-pupil formula, making up half of education funding and giving local flexibility to school districts. The Senate's version focused on safe schools, early childhood education, literacy, and we're going to talk about that at length in a little Mm -hmm. bit, and replacing soon-to-expire childhood slots with parent-empowering early learning scholarships. Mm -hmm. But did this compromise proclaimed by Governor Waltz secure more educational choice for Minnesota families? And will the new education bill help remedy the rising lack of proficiency in literacy in Minnesota. Here tonight to answer these questions and much more is Minnesota State Senator Roger Chamberlain of Lino Lakes. Senator Chamberlain represents District 38 and has been a guest on Education Nation several times in the past. 
to discuss education legislation in the Minnesota legislature. Welcome tonight, Senator Chamberlain. Thank you for joining us again on Education Nation. It's a blessing to be back, and we're blessed to have uh, both of you and all of you working on this stuff. For kids and for the future, it's the it's the uh, Lord's work you're doing. Mm-hmm. So thank you, saying, thank so. you, thanks for having me back. I yeah. keep looking for armrest on these. Chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. You can't be comfortable in the studio. You yeah. have to be on the edge of your seat. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to jump right in. Um, over the years, state House and Senate Republicans have faced challenges in securing ad- additional school choice legislation for Minnesota families, which is kind of surprising since we were the first state to initiate charter, charter schools. schools that's right. um, so you'd think that it would have continued, but that's not the case. Um, yet you have, uh, Senator Chamberlain, been vocal on the fact that there is a growing movement for school choice here in Minnesota. Based on what you're hearing, what does some of that sentiment actually sound like? And can you share some of the percentages of school choice support amongst the different family student groups? Yeah, the support's been growing over the years. There's a great organizations out there that have been bringing people together, building the coalition. They've got mm-hmm. legal side, they've got money side, they've got marketing side, and they've got people mm-hmm. and families and uh, grassroots work to do this. So they've been working for years, big pieces of legisl- legislation and proposals and change like this. doesn't come easy, as you know. Right. Mm-hmm. sometimes takes years. Mm-hmm. Listen to some previous conversations you had here, and it does take a long time. Mm-hmm. So we had to be, we had to persevere, right? Mm-hmm. We had to persevere. So the numbers that were run, I think the poll was 16 or 17 it was taken. Overall, across the state, it was uh, done, it was, the poll was uh, run by Educational Choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's legitimate. It's uh, credible. Overall, Minnesota, 65, the scholarship opportunity credits mm-hmm. that we're mm-hmm. talking about, yep. those types of credits, those yeah. types of uh, choices, mm-hmm. that are, that model, that was uh, supported by 65% of Minnesotans overall, mm-hmm. 65%. Wow. Great, wow. Uh, if you break that down by race, uh, 78% of African Americans supported the idea, mm-hmm. 90% of uh Hispanics, mm. Latinos supported that idea of choice. It's such an important They want to detail. be let free. They yes. want to be liberated, and they want the same opportunities everybody else wants right. and has. Mm-hmm. And they deserve it. They're going to get it. We're nobody, we are not going to stop till they do. And when I'm gone, somebody else will pick up that banner and run mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. They have to have it. Yep. And just as a word of encouragement for these individual family groups, you know, with each election season that comes, I mean, really investigate, really take a look at, you know, who is your representative, who's mm-hmm. your state senator, who's their opponent, and really just begin to search out that issue. Where do they stand on this issue? Right. Right. We have to continue to bring this to them and uh, fight even in the in the summer and in the interim and the break. We have a couple of thoughts and ideas going forward, what we're going to do during the summer, uh, more press conference, more attention. And um, there's been this uh, kind of this yakking now for a one-day special session in the fall to do something. Well, we put out on Twitter, well, then if you want to do that, we got something you forgot to. Tens of thousands of kids, opportunity scholarships for kids. Let them free, let them give them the opportunities they deserve. Yeah. yeah. And just, you know, as a highlight to what you're saying, um, Senator Chamberlain, if you look at the data, we just did a show not too long ago yes. on on the actual test scores of students mm-hmm. coming out of these schools that are predominantly African American and Hispanic and the test scores are abhorrent. I mean, thirty yeah, percent 
passing their reading grade level testing on the M on, and the MCAs, that is unacceptable. You know, and and I'm I'm remembering so that don't quote me on that exact number, but it's in the 30s. I think it's like 38 percent in some of these schools, and so of course. These people want to get their children out of these schools and into schools where they know their children are actually going to learn. And it's important to note, too, on that, that uh, graduation rates, quote unquote, for a Mm -hmm. four year period are also increasing amongst (laughs) these student groups. Your test scores are going down. Graduations are growing up. There's just a quick note on that Mm -hmm. is that um, I don't I don't have my file with me, but there's a lot of information about the studies. But, you know, I don't think, you know, are tests the only way to to uh, are they the best way to teach your kids? No. But they're necessary, mm-hmm. especially in this environment. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? They try to get rid of the test because the right. tests show them and expose them for the right. failures, mm-hmm. right? And educate. There's a lot of great teachers out there. I yes. should preface. A lot of great teachers, and there are good schools out there. But overall, the uh, problem uh, exists, and it, it is growing, and it is terrible. Mm-hmm. It's been going on for years, and we've got a lot of kids uh, that are adults now that were cheated. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. A fraud was committed upon them and their families. And they were, did not receive the education that they were promised, and they should have gotten a lot better. But um, mm-hmm. uh, so the tests are there; they're necessary, and they expose the them for what. They, there's accountability. That's mm-hmm. why they're created. Mm-hmm. They're not that abusive and excessive. It's not every year. It's not every grade. Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, it shows the drastic uh, difference. And there's a lot of studies that Ed Choice and others have done that show that the benefit of uh, private schools is huge, mm-hmm. and that it will even improve the K twelve process. Not either or; it's both and. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, exactly. Yes, that's a good point. Well, as you and your colleagues were drafting an education bill from the Senate, you recognized that it was time to try something new. As you look back at the bill's key provisions, what were some main similarities and what were some key differences in the push for school choice during this legislative session as compared to the Senate's bill back in 2017? Well, I mean, the bill itself, we didn't change much. I added one additional thing in there for clarification regarding uh, disabled students, Mm. uh, special education, Mm -hmm. 505. Oh, I forget what it is, the idea and the 504s, mm-hmm. right? 504 plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we put that language in for clarification, although we didn't need to because it covers them anyway. The bill already included um, last year we added that, you know, the, if, you, if you're if you a school and you get these scholarships and these kids, you have to provide the MCA. You have to take the MCA, which mm-hmm. is fine, fair. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid of the competition. Uh, but as far as uh, that, the bill itself, the opportunity scholarships, it didn't change a whole lot. It's been the same. We tweaked it a little bit, like I said, for the for the uh, uh, special education issues, disabled children. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, we didn't. Um, but the K-12 bill, uh, we had other things in there we were going after as well that were a little more controversial that Senator Nelson chose not to keep in there, mm-hmm. for, even for on the Senate side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your colleague, uh, Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka, remarked how the Senate education bill would have broken down financial barriers for low- and middle-income families. How is the Senate legislation designed so as to accomplish this goal? Well, uh, obviously, Opportunity Scholarships, they have a great phrase, the kids' uh, future should not depend on their zip code or their income level. And that is what this is about, mm-hmm. is lifting up those children and giving them opportunities that everybody else has. 
we have choice in pre-K, right? Mm-hmm. They put they got all this money for pre-K, and we can debate whether it works or not. I'm not a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> parents are parents for a reason, and mm-hmm. and it uh, hasn't. If it was so good, it you know, that's a whole other show. But mm-hmm. but um, we give choice in pre-K with the scholarships, right? You give them, they, they qualify, they get the money, and they can choose public or private mm-hmm. uh, pre-K services. Kinder care, whatever else is out there, I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds it, of preschools, mm-hmm. right? And we have choice in the back end at higher education with all the uh, college the colleges, grants. yeah. And they can choose public or private. The only place we can't do it, the only place you can't choose yeah. what you want for yourself <laughs> or your kid, is in the K twelve public education system in the state of Minnesota, which is, I will say, run with a strong arm by the by the teachers union. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good teachers. But the teachers' union is the large one of the t- first or second uh, top contributor. I will say it to the Democratic Party. Yes, mm-hmm. and they will not cross them. When mm-hmm. I when we I was briefly involved in some part of the negotiations and was sitting in the big uh, room with the governor, his entourage, literally thirty people or something around mm-hmm. this table, and they're all falling asleep. But <laughs> and they've been at it for hours, but a long time. But. I said, you know, uh, uh, Governor Waltz, the people would be happy to settle on the tax bill as, uh, uh, as soon as possible, and we'd be willing to settle as, as long as we get opportunity scholarships for our children. Yeah. Right. He scowled. He scowled. Mm. So, uh, so we tried one last time to to drive it, and and it's gonna not going to go away. We keep going at it. We have to continue to go at it. They will eventually break down. They cannot withstand. The constant pressure and overtime. Mm-hmm. They have to mm-hmm. give in. So yes. we have choice on either end, yeah. and just not in the middle where yeah. the teachers' union holds sway over because yeah. of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, equal access and equal opportunity were two main provisions in the Senate bill. And how have these two provisions proven to be successful or beneficial in 18 other states, I might add, that have the particular program that was drafted this legislative session by the Minnesota Senate? Well, um, equal access, uh, equal opportunity, I think, are they speak for themselves mm-hmm. if you're a if you're a child let's say the typical child who is underserved in inner city minneapolis with the school district that graduates 50% of their kids and it's terrible for the uh, minority students and they get more money per student than than any other school district in the state them in st paul it just gives them right says here you're suffering here. Mm-hmm. You're not. Your future's gone if you stay here. If you're if you're a child and a parent in that district and you see those numbers, yeah, what hope do you have mm-hmm. for the future? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? You're right. going to say this is lost, right? And then how? What what's going to even make them care when they yes. go to school every day? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you if you know that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now North High North High has changed, and they're doing went there a couple of years ago. They were doing some good work, but that opportunity to have that access. The same things that other people have. It's a civil rights issue. It's a civil mm-hmm. liberties issue. It's a human rights issue. It's a fairness issue. It is a moral issue. Mm-hmm. And I contend this is unjust law to keep these kids trapped in this monopoly yes. mm-hmm. that this uh, teachers union has on this state mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. kids. You are listening to Education Nation, and we have Senator Richard 
Chamber or Chamberlain, Roger Chamberlain in here. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Roger, I know you. I can't believe I called you Richard. But anyway, and and (laughs) (laughs) right, (laughs) fine, (laughs) touche. But we are talking about the Senate Education Bill and the Education Bill in general, and school choice, and the fact that, of course, that did not make it in. And we would sure like to see that make it into future bills. And so thank you so much for joining us in here in studio tonight to talk about this. Uh, very happy, very yeah. happy. To be here. So how did the Senate education bill plan to close the disparity gap among some of the schools we have in Minnesota? Well, with divided government, we got the best overall, in the end, the bill that we could get, we could get. But does it change the status quo? Absolutely not. Only marginal things. I've been working on... I think uh, Senator Nelson had a hearing earlier this session about reading. and uh, We are part of that. It's a big deal. Literacy, as you know, you two are working in it, is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, there's a whole war going on out there, folks, over phonics and whole language. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And phonics works. Mm-hmm. Mississippi and I think New Hampshire just had uh, redid their whole system and said, if you want a teacher's license in this state— you better know how to do phonics because we're getting rid of the whole language. Mm-hmm. And in Minnesota, we can't get rid of that. Mm-hmm. We had to say it has it's still in there as a balance. Mm-hmm. It's arrogance and ego of beyond reproach. Mm-hmm. It's to say that they switched, that studies and the data is there. So she had a big hearing about literacy and reading, and I've been working on dyslexia for years with those parents uh, to to try to kind of break that, uh, start chipping away at that big old iceberg, and mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to do. So the bill has mm-hmm. came out of conference, out of the special session, is uh, the best compromise we could get, but there's marginal improvements. Starting trying to still push PSEO in college and schools and dyslexia and reading, but we still have uh, a lot, basically phonics. We don't have choice. We didn't break down any of the uh, dollar barriers. We just... Uh, they're going to get their money, and they're still going to scream at us and say it's underfunded. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, the bill included a $500,000 in commitment to help train teachers in reading instruction um, right. by evidence-based and structured providers, as called by the National Reading Panel. And, Which, you know, I, I, ideally, being the phonics. Yes. Yes, yes. because <laughs> that's what really works. Yes. I've seen it at your school. I almost yes. wept. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and, and, you know, just to give a little... Uh, background on this. You know, this is a, a topic, obviously, that's very passionate with Senator uh, Carla Nelson. She mm-hmm. reiterates this concern over early literacy. Yes. And she did say that 40% of high school students do not meet proficiency standards for literacy. Yep. And you can understand that when you look at the results on the Minnesota mm-hmm. report card when mm-hmm. you take it from school district to school district. Yep. And this is a burden that no one should carry into the world, she said. So um, we also mentioned Just a couple of weeks ago, educators, they agree that the ability to read at grade level in third grade is of vital importance because reading is the key to success in all other academic Mm -hmm, disciplines. mm -hmm. So, you know, with that in mind, are there any other details from the Senate bill? And I know you've addressed uh, the phonics issue, Mm -hmm. uh, addressing early literacy that ultimately did make it into the final E-12 bill uh, signed by the governor. Well, we did have some, like I said, there's a dyslexia screening, uh, some flexibility there also. I was just looking here. Senator Senator Clausen had two proposals for dyslexia. I've been working with him on this. Okay. Uh, one was for uh, teacher prep in the colleges, and one was for in-service training for license renewal. 
Mm-hmm. We don't like mandates, but it uh, then the, so those three things. Mm-hmm. One of his did not get in. With the, the teachers' union pushed back hard. I was just looking. <laughs> they pushed back hard on a couple of those, and the colleges pushed back hard on the training. It's it's just stunning. Right. Mm-hmm. When you think about uh, what's what's the big deal here? What mm-hmm. why why is there controversy about giving teachers the tools that they said they wanted by like a ninety percent was ninety percent? They did a survey of the teachers wanted more information, and some of the districts are working on it. So you're right, Carla Senator Nelson. Like I said, early in session had the uh, big hearing on reading. We know that reading has to be taught. It's not like speaking. Mm-hmm. Right? We all know it. Mm-hmm. And here we are, whole language, mm-hmm. playing around with it. Mm-hmm. We've we've been these parents have been fighting for these changes in dyslexia and awareness. Now we have made they have made some progress. Very hard, not monumental. It's like trench warfare. It's mm-hmm. been incremental, mm-hmm. but uh, we will win that in the end too. And this year they we got a couple more small victories, but uh, so mm-hmm. it is vitally important and. We pushed a little bit on that, but we still have font. We still have this whole language stuff, and uh, there was a couple of reading things in here as well, and the $500,000 is for um, some uh, in-service training. I don't know if that has is tied to the licensure, but we get a lot of pushback from the teachers' union and all those lobbying groups. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they just don't want any requirements at all, or they just don't want any money spent on dyslexia you think it, that they could all agree about that <laughs> you know they were they these great parents uh like yourself i kind of cautioned and going in years ago that you're going to be stunned and surprised at uh, the amount of pushback you're going to get from these mm-hmm. organizations but there there is probably over 20 lobbying organizations to protect schools in different aspects whether it's the school board or the administrators the rural the urban mm-hmm. every aspect uh, of of it is got a lobbying uh, lobbying arm, and um, you, to get the, something changed in K twelve, you need strong leadership, and you need different leadership, and you need to persevere and push hard and build coalitions. And they've made some changes; they've worked. And I and I just want to reiterate again too what I was saying earlier about the populace has got to be educated. They yes. have to know yeah. the issue, and they have to know yeah. where their elected official. And their mm-hmm. opponents stand on the mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. We have to get beyond money, right, Mark? Mm-hmm. Right. Rebecca? We have to yes. get beyond. Money's important, but it's the largest single component of the general fund budget right. that we deal right. with every two years. Yeah. Yes. Largest single component. And I ask them often, well, how much is enough? How much? What's the number? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should have some idea mm-hmm. how much it costs to build this house and to do this work. Right. No I mean, answer. No. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 mm-hmm. there's an injustice going mm-hmm. on here. Absolutely. And every child gets one shot at an education. Yes, yes. And yes. as you said, it's just, it's so had, wrong to not provide the best we can give them. I was trying to get some equality in funding for uh, poor property wealth districts, and that got mutilated and mangled. Hmm. Had support from districts across the state. And, nope. Hmm. They got a small touch in there with status quo numbers. Because Minneapolis-St. Paul wanted the dollars. Oh, Hmm. You know, my hmm. money, the money would not go. They would have gotten some, but they kept changing the language, so more important mm-hmm. to them. Hmm. Anyway, I digress. I'm yes, sorry. that's okay. That's okay. Interesting conversation. Um, so the Senate E-12 bill called for Education Commissioner Mary Catherine Rickard to establish a five-star achievement reward rating system. So what is that rating system, and what was the Senate's purpose for that system? 
Well, this was brought to us by a coalition, Ed Allies, some others, because they want access, clear, transparent, Minnesota Business Partnership partnered on this well, giving parents transparent, readable, understandable information. If you go to those websites, we're, you're all smart people. It's hard to figure them out, and you've got to dig through it. Mm-hmm. So they created this idea that, like other states, other states have this, that uh, based on a variety of factors, and this time we said it'll be up to the, the commissioner and a coalition to create this five-star program. Mm-hmm. And they have mm-hmm. stuff they could work from, from mm-hmm. bills previous. Mm-hmm. And they would rate schools based on a set of criteria from one to five stars. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, you'd open up the website, and boom, there you'd have it. Right? Mm-hmm. Five stars. Mm-hmm. Or you go to a central website. And it would rate these schools, and the schools could write commentary on them. So it was about clear, understandable information for the parents, mm-hmm. especially parents who don't have the time and they don't, uh, you know, don't have great uh, English language skills or other issues. Right? It's a minority issue. They were packed in that in that uh, hearing room on the day I had the hearing on the bill. They filled the hearing room. Right. In favor of this, in favor five of the star. bill, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they wanted it. Yep, Taurus yep. Ray said mm-hmm. it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. It was about access to information. What this is, an, this is more injustice. They muddy this up, they confuse it and complicate it, and they keep it from these uh, parents, and they get stuck. Mm. So, another injustice in the system. Uh, unfortunately, Senator Nelson didn't want it in the Senate bill because it was controversial. I think it would have been a great opportunity to expose them further for who and what they are. But it didn't get in. Mm-hmm. It was a good idea. Other states have it. and We don't want to be like Wisconsin. Right. <laughs> well, let's, oh, okay. let's quickly talk about this. And, and I think this is important. I mean, I think we know the answer from a rhetorical question standpoint, but we still need to really talk about it and hear it. You know, how did the Senate seek to garner bipartisan support on the Senate's version of the education bill? How did these efforts go in trying to gain support from the House Democrats? What was their response? Well, I, like I said, our Senate bill went in with less con- – Was she didn't want the five-star in there and she didn't want the um, – the other provision we had, the data disaggregation nonsense that's in there, which is racist, uh, but the Democrats like it. So she tried to take that out and make it you know, palatable to them, but they just wanted more money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they wanted more money, and we couldn't do anything. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. uh, in the end, we got what we have, which is you know, more money and no offensive uh, – we didn't go backwards with policies. Right, so. right, right, which is good. We are already very quickly running out of time Sorry. here. And I think that maybe what we want to talk about here is is what can you do going forward? Obviously, none of the school choice legislation made it in. Um, what do people like yourself and others who believe that this is most important, especially to those Families that you mentioned earlier are African-American and Hispanic families that are voting at a, like 78% that they would like to have opportunity scholarships. What's next? Very quickly. We are going to continue our efforts through the summer. I've already talked to some people about some ideas. We're going to continue the efforts. We're going to keep it in front of people. Continue to drive. We're not going to let it drop. And we're going to, going to when I go talk, to, everywhere I go, I talk to people about this. Everywhere you go, you got to bring it up. And as Mark said, talk to legislators when they come around, mm-hmm. ask them about it. 
push them, charge them, challenge them. Yes. On and on and on and on, over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a website where we can get that data that you quoted the the on the scholarships? Do you happen to know where we can find that? Well, Ed Choice ran the Choice. Ed Choice ran the poll, but Oak, Minnesota, I think uh, I don't know if they have a website, but okay, I uh, get you a name for uh, Chaz Anderson mm-hmm. or Sean Peterson who work with Oak. Okay, good. Well, thank you so much again for joining us thank in you. studio. Thank tonight. you so much. I appreciate it. You're a blessing, and I talked too much, but uh, it's, no. <laughs> as you know, it's a big issue. It is a very big issue, much. and we we we. Uh, applaud your battle and pray that you continue that yes, battle. Yes, continue the good fight. Um, continue the good fight, yep. God and willing. Thank you so much, Mark, again for co-hosting tonight yeah. and helping lead the show. And we just ask our listeners to join us at ednationmn.org, ednationmn.org. See you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.